It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, September 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content. Feels like we're in a holding pattern here, Russ. Yeah, it kind of does, but we'll get through it. Yeah, we've got two things to talk about on that front, the Morgan Frost potential contract and the Hockey Canada report. Plus, we'll answer your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app, formerly known as Twitter, at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps, at Sportsology. As a show, we're on Instagram and Threads and Blue Sky as well, at Locked On Flyers. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't take you want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You can subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russa, uh, how was the rest of your holiday weekend? Yeah, not, not too bad. I'm, I'm in Arlington, Virginia, so close to D.C. Uh, not didn't hit too much traffic, although it was really hot. It was it hit 100 degrees on the way, uh, but it cooled off later to like 97. So, you know, not too bad. All right, continuing our nemesis of the week discussion from the Monday show there. Uh, we did not get a or any news at all over the holiday weekend, really. Everybody was kind of, you know, taking their last little uh, vacations for the last few days. So uh, no news, which is to be expected. But we still are in this holding pattern, like I said, with a couple of things, starting off with the Morgan Frost contract. And I think, you know, we've been pretty chill about it, but now it's September and I'm getting a little less chill. And this is not like a pun about Morgan Frost's name either. I think that, um, uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, We've got like two weeks left until training camp starts. Uh, So I guess like the big question is like, what is the holdup at this point? Well, he is in Philly and he is practicing like goofing around. So that's a good sign. Uh, Keith Jones says it's close. So my guess is it's a difference of like five or six years. And I think, you know, he's going to try and get it uh, over 4 million if he can, uh, based on the fact that he'd be giving up some of his prime years. So I think, that's what the holdup is. You know, they're looking at things and, you know, they see that Cates is 2.6 and Frost had 46 points. If he starts getting 50, 60 point seasons, you know, that salary jumps a lot. Uh, and Farabee's at five. So I think he's, they're trying to keep him like under Farabee. And, and I think that makes sense if you could do that. But Frost's camp is like, look, he's 24. Uh, if you want us to sign this until he's 30, then, you know, you got to pay for some of these prime years. So I think, I think that's really the crux of it. And so, like I said, my guess is I think he's going to get just under four, just over four, like something very close to that for like five or six years. Yeah. And, you know, depends on like how you do the math right now. Cap friendly says the projected cap space is 2.967. And what you're talking about is above that. But I think 
there's some creative math you can do in terms of how you're dealing with other contracts, how you're dealing with the penalties from the performance bonus overages that we're dealing with. Uh, there, there's a lot of that going on. And I do think there's actually more money available there. So I do think somewhere in the three, four to three, five range sounds about right. I think for a four year deal. Now, if what you're saying is correct and they want to lock him up for five or six years, I, I do think that number has to go up, right? Yeah, it does. I think that's when you're getting just under four, just over four. Uh, then they'd have to do some creative accounting. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with some other things we're going to talk about. That could affect the cap. So I think you worry about signing him and you worry about the rest later. Because again, end of the day, they could you know send Cal Peterson down, save an extra million. Like there's things they can do to to give that some extra money to the cap. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah, and I think in terms of uh, comparables and you know what you're looking at in terms of a budget for a guy like Morgan Frost. I do think like Noah Cates' deal, the 2.625 is your floor, right? You, you're not going to go any lower than that because I feel like, you know, Frost A has been around longer. He's earned it given the time he earned it this past season, given his performance on the ice and uh, with everything going on with the team and this rebuild, like you almost kind of got to give him like a hardship bonus here in a lot of ways. You do because again, they have moved him around a bit. Uh, he played everything from 1C down. <laughs> he's played forward. He's played center. He's been a really good soldier, and and he's really done mm-hmm. everything the team asked. And I think uh, even under the John Tortorella system, he you know he's done really well. I think he you know improved a lot. Yeah, he has. And so you know, while from a selfish standpoint, in terms of you know cap maintenance. Uh, you know, in some ways on, you know, talking about this, like just after Labor Day weekend, you know, want to be pro labor at this point and allow the player to get everything he can. And, and I think he should in this case, you know, sometimes I want the team to get a team friendly deal just mm-hmm. because, you know, the cap is always going to be an issue. And it feels like it with this team right now in some ways that they're still in the process of figuring out you know, how to clear some of the cap space with the contracts that Chuck Fletcher signed, you know, they're in the middle of that process right now. And so sometimes your gut says, I want to give, you know, the flyers the better end of this because of the cap situation. But I really think with Morgan Frost, like the pendulum has got to swing the other way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the pendulum does have to swing the other way. I think you're right. So, you know, in terms of the timing, you know, you say Keith Jones says they're close, right? Like, what does that mean in terms of timing relative to to camp? And would Morgan Frost be a a guy to hold out to get what he wants? No, I don't think he's going to hold out. If he was going to hold out, why would he be skating at the skate zone, right? So I don't think he's holding out. I think it'll be done this week. I think it'll get done this week because I think, what, the 17th or something is, is camp again, something in that range. So I don't expect there to be an issue. I think this week will be the week. Well, I certainly hope that to be the case because that really is, you know, the last roster spot that the Flyers need to take care of uh, in terms of getting, you know, a a lineup together that can get structured properly. Um, We have talked about Morgan Frost potentially taking that 1C spot temporarily while Couturier gets, you know, his uh, skating legs back Mm -hmm. and 
gets gets back into the game. And so, you know, this is like a crucial part of this offseason. I mean, if it were two years ago, I'd be a little more worried about Frost being able to take over the 1C spot for Couturier temporarily. But ever since last year, I have a lot more confidence. If you do that, then you could have Noah Cates play the 3C, which I think is better for him to start the season because I think he can get more on track offensively. I think uh, he was used, you know, so much defensively that it definitely hurt his offense a little bit. And I think that's something that could really, you know, be magnified and really help out this year. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think that, you know, I, I do think Noah Cates has the ability to to be temporarily in that 1C spot, but I think a guy like Morgan Frost can handle the minutes a little better Yeah, uh, and handle varied competition and not let it phase him as much, at least right now in, in his career. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they get all of this resolved and we have a contract this week, uh, maybe even by the time we're listening to this there'll be a contract signed and all of this will be moot and and that is uh that is what i'm hoping for at least but at least sometime this week in the meantime the other thing that's kind of hanging over our heads is this nhl hockey canada report which of course affects the flyers goaltending at carter hart and we will be getting to that coming up next today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dark shorts, shorts and pants. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts, no matter if I'm doing yard work, walking my dog, or, you know, taking a, you know, three-hour car trip down to uh, Virginia. Their cloud knit fabric looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without a sacri- without sacrificing movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dog shorts are perfect for that day that I'm going to tailgate, go to a baseball game, or even just hang outside in 97-degree weather. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. There is still time to vote in this week's summer poll on any potential professional tryout contracts the Flyers could sign. There's a link to that poll in the show notes, so make sure you do that. So, Russ, the other thing we're still in a holding pattern on is this Hockey Canada NHL report uh, about the 2018 World Junior squad. And, you know, I think most people uh, assumed we would get this as a Friday news drop at some point over the summer during, you know, cottage season up in Canada so that there would be the fewest eyes on it in terms of coverage. And, you know, we started hearing rumblings toward the end of July that maybe, you know, first couple weeks in August, it would happen. You know, it's now September and, you know, we still haven't heard anything. And I I think it's important to bring it up again now, because again, we are now two weeks away from training camps. And I feel like it's starting to get unreasonable at this, at this point. And it's adding a tremendous amount of complexity to the situation. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, I, it's hard to tell uh, if some of these Bill Daly comments that I just saw was recent, but it seemed like it maybe was where he just said, you know, soon, uh, maybe they even haven't even read it yet. And, you know, they were supposed to read it uh, after the cup from when I was at that cup press conference and they talked about getting it. 
So this is the final though. So maybe that wasn't the final. Like, you know what I mean? It's all verbiage. And at this point it's, I know there's the belief that teams probably know what's going on, but let's just say they don't know what's going on. You do see certain teams piling up players in certain areas, just in case they're going to lose players. And that's been noticeable to the fan bases of different teams. So even if the teams were in the dark, they're kind of protecting themselves with these extra pickups. And so I don't think teams are going to get blindsided either way, whether they know or don't know or whether they have an idea and they're not sure. Either way, I'm not sure it even matters because I I, I feel like everybody's got the personnel in the right spot just in case. Right. And so we talked about all of this on the August 7th episode of the show. There's a link to that episode in the show notes for the full discussion there about what the Flyers goaltending could look like without Carter Hart. But the timing of that episode was related to the Sam Urson signing and which is related to your point you just made about teams, you know, stacking up certain positions. Now, I think with Sam Urson, we all know the Flyers really like him. So the, the chances of of them not signing him were pretty small anyway. But I think it was the but, term and such that raised an eyebrow with that. Like, oh, okay, now you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting them in for two no matter what. Yeah. And so I, I think that the, there was a reason to kind of talk about it then. But now it's a month later. We still don't have any answers. Like I said, we have two weeks until camp. And, um, you know, there's also another, you know, side issue to consider here. Uh, that Victor Mate was on that team as well, who the Flyers signed to a two-way deal. So I think, though, I think he was not. Uh, I think he was somewhere else on that night. Yeah. I think that's, oh, I think you're right. I think that's why it's not a problem for him. I don't think he was anywhere in the vicinity. Yeah, but it's like it's just swirling around. I guess is is the issue here. But um, the other thing that's interesting is that Hockey Canada is having a summit this weekend um, called Beyond the Boards. It's all about hockey culture and how to fix, you know, the issues of misogyny, sexism um, in hockey in in Canada. Um, also, like how to create competitive environments without, you know, falling prey to what. Uh, is known as toxic masculinity as part of this. And, and that encompasses a lot of things. It's not just misogyny. It, it involves hazing and all of those other issues that have been such a big focus for, you know, all of the reporting on Hockey Canada over the last year or so. Um, and there's been a lot of, you know, hockey organization, youth hockey organizations dinged for the the hazing situations. Oh, yeah. And so... So there's a lot of upheaval in Hockey Canada in the youth hockey system there because of all of that. Um, uh, But to have a a summit on this without the report being out and some accountability being assigned, just like that doesn't sit well with me. No, I I can understand why you feel that way. And uh, I'm sure others are going to feel that way, too. But, you know, this is the way it's going down. So, you know, as far as why the delay at this point, I mean, there could be some Lily's dotting I's crossing T's, you know, in terms of making sure that whatever they put out there is sound and, you know, can lead up to the appeals process on the level. But I just I feel like there has to be more communication about it at this point. If there's a delay, tell us that and tell us why. Yeah, you're not going to get that kind of transparency. Uh, the PA definitely will say something when it happens. There, there's no doubt they have to. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they react because I can't tell you that 
they're definitely going to appeal because maybe they're going to, maybe that's what part of this is now they've looked it over and, you know, maybe they're going to agree with whatever happens. So that's possible. If not, then it's going to drag on and we just don't know. Yeah. I think that uh, it's going to be real interesting because I think you're right that there is like no way to know if the PA is going to appeal on behalf of the players. Um, You know, given that the situation also has some criminality and there's a police investigation tied to it, um, you know, players are allowed to get outside counsel and not just have the PA represent them in these situations and these appeals, you know, according to the CBA. And so if you look at that, there's all sorts of delays and, you know, allotted time periods for the appeals process to run its course. And we're running into the season at this point. Yeah. I don't think it's going to run into the season, but can I tell you just definitively it won't? No. Yeah. So the other issue is that if there are suspensions that happen, even if the appeal goes on, the players are going to remain out of the lineup for the duration of the appeal, unless the appeals process runs longer than the duration of the suspension, uh, because they can't be suspended longer than the initial you know, declared suspension period. I don't suspect that will happen, but I think um, you could see a situation where they do what you say at the beginning and then there's a time served thing like, OK. You know, we, yeah. we, we take that off of the amount of games. I, I could see that. That's reasonable. Yeah. But uh, again, along with this outside council aspect of it, you know, they're pretty much allowed to like delay things as much as is reasonably necessary in order to go through any legal process or, you know, go through whatever legal counsel um, outreach needs to happen. So I, I really think unless something happens like pretty like in the next week, like we are looking at this process encroaching on the season. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think from a, you know, public relations standpoint, it's worse if it runs into when camp opens, because then, uh, then every single camp that has a player that might be involved is going to, you know, pepper management and even try and interview the player. Of course, they won't probably be able to interview with the player, but they're going to talk to management a lot about it. And it's going to, make a lot of news. I think it's, you know, if it runs any longer, it's going to make bigger head headlines than if it would have just come out during the summer. Yeah, I think so too. So I just, there just had to have been a better way for all of them to handle this. I mean, we don't, I mean, I would like to say there had to be, but we also know that with the legal system, sometimes the legal system's really slow. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, I, like I was going to say, we won't know until it all comes out, like what the explanation is. It'll be three o'clock in the morning, you know, all of a sudden your phone will ding. It'll be like, oh, no, now I have to go record something at three o'clock in the morning, which I'm not going to do, by the way. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I do think that it's going to come out at a weird time on a weird day. It will. There's nothing we can do about it. But uh, so maybe this Friday. We've been looking at it every Friday, so maybe this Friday is the one. Certainly hoping we get that Morgan Frost contract dealt with before. Maybe the- Sunday when the NFL opens. Mm. Maybe Thursday night when the NFL opens. They have the one big game. Who knows? Yeah, could be. All right, well, stay tuned because uh, we'll be talking about it when everything goes down. In the meantime, there are more questions to be answered. They are yours, and we will get to those mailbag questions coming up next. 
All right, we've got some real good ones this time. Um, Andrew wrote in about our segment on PTOs uh, and wanted to know about Max Comtois as a potential signee. A young player with still a bit of potential. Uh, my understanding is that he was likely to sign a PTO with Vegas. Uh, that is the latest we've heard on him. There was a little talk about Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, there definitely was talk about Pittsburgh. Um, Vegas, I I don't know. I don't see Vegas for some reason. I think they're they're kind of full. I still could see another team perhaps. Yeah, I I don't think he's somebody that's in the Flyers' radar. No. I don't dislike the idea completely, but I'm also not sure where he would fit if he were to make the squad. Uh, that That's like another question I have. Right. I mean, that's a fair point. I think that um, I think they're better off bringing I know fans want to bring in like younger players, but not on a PTO. I, I want a little bit of an older player in on a PTO to push these younger players. I don't necessarily want another younger player to do that because, again, training camps, one thing you still got to prove it during the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, user Joe Friday 7609 uh, has a John Tortorella question. Uh, is Torts the best coach for young professionals to start their careers? As fans, we don't get that inside look. I mean, right now I'm 50-50 on it. I saw a few uh, definitely get better. I saw a few maybe not take the step forward. So I think it's a mixed bag right now. I think this year is more telling uh, as to what we're going to see uh, for these young players with John because the ones that did look good, like Noah Cates and Morgan Frost, they still need to make steps forward, right? If they do that, then we're going to say, okay, this is looking good. And if you get one or two more in the mix, you know, like Ronnie Adder and Forrester maybe, um, that's great. If all of a sudden we start seeing some take a step back, you know, then we're going to start questioning the process a bit. Yeah, I do think, you know, for me, it's really the intimidation factor that's there, that a lot of these young guys look at torts from a reputation standpoint and not a lived experience standpoint. And the ones that have been more successful, I think, have just said, I'm going to do my thing within the confines of the system. I'm going to do what's asked of me. And if, if I do that, everything will be OK. And I, I think that's kind of what's been happening with who's been more successful in his system versus others. And I think now that we also have a year under our belts with torts as the head coach, there's a lot more clarity in terms of those expectations. So I think guys coming into camp this year have a leg up on, on last year in terms of just knowing what to do, knowing what's expected of them. And I think that um, things will go a little smoother and guys will get over that intimidation hump a little bit faster. Uh, Brian wants to know, uh, your topic on Monday made me think, would the Flyers use a PTO hanging over Morgan Frost's head in the negotiations? No, because there's, there's really nobody they can bring in on a PTO that would compete for the same uh, position that Morgan Frost will have. Yeah, I think so as well. And plus, like we were just talking about, Noah Cates is sitting right there. So it's not like they don't have... Right. Signed players to fill the that role, so it wouldn't be like. And Lawton could play center if he had to, if there was, yeah. a, you know, stumbling block. Yeah. So if Morgan's trying to like hold out, like the the Flyers wouldn't need another player to just be like, well, you know, we don't need you as much as you think we do. Right. Like I just don't see that happening. No. In any of this. 
Uh, Jason wants to know, for defensive call-ups, will the Flyers go with Helge Granz or Victor Mate over one of the other prospects like Adderd or Andre for the first call-ups? Well, I think Andre, he's going to have to play a certain amount of time in the AHL before he would get called up. So I think he's out uh, in the near future. Uh, Adderd, I think, would have a chance. Uh, if you're telling me between those two of Mete or um, Helge Granz, who, who would be up first, uh, it really would depend on what's suffering. So as an example, uh, if the power play is suffering, then it's probably Victor Mete that comes up if Adderd's not quite there. If it's, hey, we just need a you know guy to get our puck out of the end and skate well, uh, then it's probably Helge Grounds because he's a bigger guy. So I think it depends on what's ailing them. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. And um, I do think that, as we've seen, the communication is a little bit stronger now uh, between the Flyers and Lehigh Valley. And I think there's going to be more of a plan in place for that this this season than there was last season. So I'm oddly like comfortable with trusting them at this point. Now, ask me again, like three months right. into the season. But um, yeah, I feel a little bit better about that situation now. Uh, last question. This is an interesting one. Should the NHL change their schedules to start a little earlier so it ends earlier in the year? Or do you think it works well to have the re- regular season start in early October? No, I think it works right now because they want X amount of preseason games. If the NHL gets you know to the point where the NFL did and they could do away with preseason games or do away with some of them, then maybe that would change. But I don't see that changing because they need the gate. So I think... I think it's going to stay. Now, could the NHL start games earlier? Yeah, they could start games earlier. And baseball has started to do that where, you know, baseball has had like these 640 games instead of 7 or 710. Oh, you mean like earlier on the clock? Earlier on the clock, yes. And it does make a difference. And then people could realize that dream of having, you know, two or three staggered games on a schedule in an evening I know it's almost impossible under the structure unless they have that like hockey day in America where they really time it out. But I think, right. but I think these six forty starts could help hockey too. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Um, as far as the ca- overall calendar goes, yeah, I don't see it changing mostly because uh, the NHL will want to have their All Star Weekend um, after the Super Bowl, right? And so. Um, you need to to account for that in the calendar. So if you move things up a couple of weeks, then you're kind of flirting with the uh, with the Super Bowl weekend. And the World there, Cup's but... coming, so they're not going to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, yeah. But I do like in terms of the staggering, if you have like 640 games, 7 o'clock games, and 720 games, I love that. Uh, I think that's something they should definitely consider. People want that, but they're just not going to get it. Yeah, well... You know, stranger things have happened, I guess, but um, we shall see. Uh, That will do it for today's show. Thanks again for making us your first listen Friday on the show. We're going to continue our preseason crossover series with the other Metro Division rivals. We're going to be talking to the Locked On Carolina Hurricanes host that uh, episode and get the the scoop on what's going on down there. Plus, we'll have your summer poll results. Again, link to that in the show notes. 
As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via the app formerly known as Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.